Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first Spurs News Podcast of 2020. I am Sam. Delighted to say I'm joined by my partner in crime. It's Matt. Happy New Year, Sam, and happy New Year to everyone who listens. Yes, happy New Year, sir. The, the title of this podcast will be New Year, Same Problems. <laughs> 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 Just to bring the tone down straight away. New uh, decades, Matt. new decades, same problems, I think, might have been yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that could be fair. <laughs> uh, but mate, um, before we get diving into that and depressing ourselves, how you doing? Yeah, good, really good, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, from a Spurs point of view, it's a bit rubbish at the moment, isn't it? Yes. It's yeah. it's just... Um, That's I why I decided to ask how you were first. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones... I, I, look, I, I'm off now for the weekend, I've just finished work today and I'm not back nice. till, till Tuesday. And I've been debating all week whether to sell my ticket uh, for Liverpool... Ooh. And this is where this is where everyone's going to hate me now because I decided yeah. to sell it. <laughs> you, you've decided to sell it. I just can't. I, it's going to be one of those. I, I think, am. Yeah. I am one hundred percent with you. I I'm am glad on to your hear side. <laughs> I support you in this decision. I think the person buying it is a fool. <laughs> yeah. They, they, do, do you know what? I don't know. I know. I've maybe explained it in the past uh, mm. how it works with when you've got a season ticket, but you yeah. can put it on a ticket exchange and. You tend to find they go fairly quickly. I mean, yeah. like I'll put it on there, and then I'll get an email to say it's it's, it's live now, and anyone can yeah. have it. Within, I don't know if you look at the two emails, this gap of about a minute and a half before me putting yeah. it up there, and someone buying it. So I know obviously it's Liverpool; it's a big game, and you know people want to get to the game, but. I just, I well, really, I'm so they're desperate. A, they're a very good side, mate. It could be, yeah. it could be fun. The it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be an entertaining <laughs> game. Unfortunately, it probably be a lot more entertaining for Liverpool fans. I, and I might be completely wrong. And I did see highlights of uh, today on Facebook when we beat them. The game I was at when we beat them four-one, yeah. and we just destroyed them. But we're both, both <laughs> clubs are in such different places at the moment. We couldn't. It, it'll be a miracle. It, it, it's, it feels like playing Liverpool. I mean, I used to go with my dad when I was when I was a boy, and yeah. it'd be one of those games. Even when I was a kid, I'd be like, "We're going to see him," but there's no, you don't even think about winning. You know, we're not going to no. win it. We never did, and I, I think we was like, if you come away losing two, three nil, you think, "Oh, it's been a decent game." <laughs> and I've got this horrible feeling that that yeah. kind of coming because we, for for a while, for I mean, I'd say the last seven, eight years, I've not really had any fear of Liverpool. Nope. I just haven't. I'm like, we, we can win this, but... Over the last couple of years, I don't think I've had any fear of any team. No. Any team we've played at home, especially, I've gone into every game thinking, there's a win here, you know. Yeah, some games, obviously, you're looking at it thinking, this is going to be tough, but I, I, I think we can win it. And I've losing that this season Big time. badly yeah. is... Um, I mean, me and you have talked about this before, and I know some people listening will feel this as well. I don't know about you, man, but I'm like, I've dug out my uh, shirt from the 90s. Um, <laughs> I've got my hard hat. I have George Graham era level kind of gallows humor about me again. Um, I, I, I've i gone into full on survival mode because I, I think, I, I don't know how to deal with it, to be honest with you, because no. for the last three, let's say three of the last five years, have probably been the most enjoyable time I've ever had as a Tottenham fan. Agree. And people can talk about the trophies or whatever stuff like. Yeah, that that's fine. And yeah, we won a League Cup with George Graham. Um, that was a fun day. But overall, during his era, I can count on one hand, and I think it's possibly the day we won that cup is the only game I enjoyed yeah, <laughs> of yeah. his era, or the only moment I enjoyed. Um, you know, the same could be said for Juan de Ramos, which was basically Martin Yole's team that he won that League Cup with. But mm. again, there was not a lot of fun and enjoyment, despite it being a very exciting team during that time. And under uh, Mauricio and that team we had for a good two, three years, we were exciting to watch every game. Even if we lost, I'd come away feeling like, oh, we, we went out that, you know, we lost the game. But what a cracking game of football that was, you know, and... I had that feeling all the time and I enjoyed it and I've not enjoyed being a Spurs fan quite as much. So to have that and to have that feeling 
and then to go to where we are again now is really weird. Yeah, yeah. And the, and the thing is, and like you say, you know, go back three years, we'd lose a game, mm. and you think, yeah, let's take that because we're probably going to win the next seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah, we're like definitely. lose a game, we're probably going to lose the next seven or eight as well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's um, you know, I'm looking at the Liverpool game, and uh, anything anything less than a five nil hammering. Yeah. And I'm going to think, we'll take right that. There. We'll take that. <laughs> and, and that's ridiculous. You know, for for a team that's champion, supposedly Champions League level, mm. um. You know, we we should be rivals with this team. You you said about um, you know the Tottenham admins today posted when we beat them four one, and I actually quote tweeted that on Twitter, basically just saying I, I I know they do this before every game. Every team we play, we we put out our top you know wins against them and our top goals against them. That's fine, but I don't know about you, but just that game in particular against Liverpool in particular, it seems to really sting with me. That we were that good and have gone backwards and they were that destroyed on that day that they made the conscious decision afterwards, right, we're going to sign, uh, you know, we're going to sign a new central defender, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Because it was almost like a catalyst for the two clubs going in two different directions. It, it sort of feels like Liverpool looked at that result and went, right, we got to spend to take the next step, you know, clearly. Mm. And we looked at that and went, we don't need to spend any money. Look what we just did to Liverpool. Look how good we are, yeah. And to me, it's like, if you stand still, you go backwards. Because everyone else is progressing. And we just stood still. Everybody progressed. To the point that we are now struggling to beat or score against Southampton. Oh, Southampton. I know we're going to talk about it in a little while, but... Middlesbrough, we struggled to score against the championship. Oh, mate. Yeah. Well, let's let's go into it then. So Middlesbrough. Now Middlesbrough, the fun part of the Middlesbrough game is the fact that you and Dan got to meet up and oh, go to a game together. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. When, when we he's um, a nice lad, isn't he, Dan? He's lovely. He really is. So he's a freaking unit, mine, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Big, big boy, he's a big dude. He likes <laughs> yeah. to work out, then he does like yeah, to work out, yeah. But he, uh, um, it's because he's compensating for something, but we won't go into that. <laughs> you said it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, so when when we found out that, uh, well, when the draw was made, yeah, uh, I know uh, Middlesbrough isn't isn't uh, that close to where Dan lives, and I won't give no, away no. where Dan lives, but he no. lives up north, let's say that, okay. yeah, basi- it, basically Scotland, Scotland, yeah, a bit <laughs> yeah. further down there, but he. But, but when we when when the draw was made, I, I can I mean obviously me being a season ticket holder, it it was it, it, you didn't need that many points to go to that game actually. So no. I managed to get an away ticket on from my own back, and I managed to grab a ticket for Dan. So we agreed to uh, for me to go up to, to him, see him on Saturday, stay at his house with his lovely girlfriend, yeah. and then on the Sunday, me and him go to the game. Yeah. So I got the train up there. Lovely, really nice. They they made me feel so welcome. The two of them, they were really uh, such a lovely couple. They really are really nice. And yeah. obviously, I've spoken to uh, to Dan numerous times yeah. on on Messenger, and I've I've done a podcast with him as well. I've you have, yeah, one or two. So I've spoken to him like that before. But yeah, really, really nice couple. We went out for a night. They took me to one of their favourite Thai restaurants with a nice Thai meal and a very nice and a couple. Of, went to this pub. He took me to that. Um, Apparently was built in the 1666, I think he said. Nice. So uh, hopefully that won't give away where he lives. I'm sure there's lots of old pubs <laughs> all over the place up north. But uh, we, we there was a couple of pool tables there, and one of them was empty. It's really it's quite busy in the pub. Yeah. And one of them was empty, and we thought, oh, this, you know, you always think it's a bit odd, but there's got to be a reason for it. So got uh, got the pool had to hire the pool cues and everything. The balls, the white. Every time the white cue ball went down. It went in the main bit, you know, where the where the yeah, colour balls. So yeah, we had to kick. Yeah. After about the second time, I just got the five pound thrown at me by, by the landlady. <laughs> Off we went. So that's why it's empty. But yeah, it was really really nice. So yeah, and in the morning, me and Dan drove up there, and um, it it uh, it was it was nice from from the ground. Looked really impressive from the outside. Actually, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's kind of you know <laughs> if there's anybody that's listening from Middlesbrough. It, it it's kind of it feels very industrial. That's probably the best way. Well, of well, well, well don't say too much because we have audio. Right. Course. Okay. Right. Now, now, what, what I'm going to play now. So basically, for for everybody listening, and what we're about to have here, I like to think of it as like a perfect example of what being a Tottenham fan is like. Right. Um, now, now, you, I've listened to this away from this situation. So you and Dan went. You've recorded these clips. Now, you, there's one clip pre-game. There's one clip at half time and there's right. one clip at the end of the game. So everybody listening is now going, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> now, this to me is just Tottenham fans in a bottle is perfect because it's optimism. 
it's what the hell, <laughs> followed by, ah, <laughs> oh, well, maybe next time it'll be better. <laughs> I, just, I just love this. So, so this is clip number one, and this is pre-game. So we're outside the uh, Riverside Stadium, um, me and me and Dan. Uh, there's a nice little atmosphere brewing. I've uh, zipped my coat up because we're uh, we're in we're in with the Middlesbrough fans, and I've got my Spurs shirt on. So I don't think they'll hurt me, Dan, will they? But uh, I, I, just, I won't let them know that I'm here. <laughs> well, you... yeah, maybe before the match will be all right, but after. <laughs> well, after we thrash them, hopefully. Yeah. See, this, this on, on coming back from a, on a one 0 crappy defeat from Southampton. This is the the faith I like from Spurs fans, you know. <laughs> I'm not as depressed as you are with Spurs at the moment. I'm, I'm still feeling confident. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I've, I've, I've never been to this stadium before. I know you haven't either, have you? But it's quite impressive from the outside. It felt like we was like walking through an industrial estate as we walk into the stadium. But it's, it's quite impressive, you know. And we've got a, a statue of George Hardwick. Uh, I mean, I've never heard of him. Have you ever <laughs> I don't know who he is. Yeah. Obviously, big in Middlesbrough. But yeah, what are, you, what are your thoughts, Dan, before the game? I think... Uh, we put out a strong team. We've just seen the lineup. Um, it's good to see our Sonny back. I think maybe 3 0. Yeah, I don't know if I'll go 3 0. I'm, I'm <laughs> 1 0. I, I, don't, I don't even know where you're getting the nil from, to be honest yeah. with you, Dan. <laughs> 3 2 more, like, yeah. yeah. Right, so at the moment, it seems like we're both full of confidence. So uh, possibly we'll do a little recording if we're winning, maybe a bit later. Yeah. yeah. Right then. We'll in, in the meantime, come on, you Spurs. Guys. So that was clip number one. That was pre-game. You and Dan sounded pretty confident, mate. We was full of optimism, wasn't we? We we recorded that. I think you can hear the music in the background. So yeah, opposite, yeah. there's a there's the ga- the gates to the entrance to uh, the riverside, and it it looks like it doesn't belong there. So it's probably from what I can gather, they've taken the entrance to the old stadium, yeah, and just put it in front of the new one, and it kind of <laughs> looks really out of place. But it's a Makes really sense. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But it's like it, it reminds me of the gates, you know, when um, in our old stadium, those the gates were yeah, yeah, that Bill kind of thing, yeah. you know. But opposite that, they've got like a t- open tent, and all the home fans are drinking, and we was kind of standing in amongst them. Yeah, and Dan was like, "Should we go and have a beer in there?" And I'm like. I don't know. You're, I'm wearing my colours, but under my jacket, and yeah. you're not wearing any. But I don't. You'd probably get away with it. <laughs> I mean, like if you went in there, you could you could say you was a Middlesbrough fan, but I'm yeah. not getting away with it, mate. As no. soon as I open my mouth, I'm, <laughs> I'm in yeah. trouble, you know. <laughs> so yeah. we kind of stood at a little bit of a distance, and then at, at, a, at a point where we went in the stadium. But yeah, where, where we made that first recording was outside the stadium, taking it all in, and. Yeah, feeling the optimism as you do, I suppose. Yeah, fans I, I like that. I mean, uh, Dan was very optimistic. He went 3 0. I, I feel Dan's arc during this game was far more drastic than yours. <laughs> I feel I feel you've been to a few more games recently. You you knew what was coming. You had that kind of. <laughs> you said nil. Like this, they're not going to score no, against us. What no. kind of lunatic are you? <laughs> it's an age thing, Dan, because <laughs> it is. He's, only, it he's is. only in his mid 20s, basically. And, he uh, is. He, listen, he hasn't, he, hasn't, he hasn't experienced the, the misery. <laughs> that you and I have experienced. Oh, God, no. <laughs> poor kid. So, so now this is what I like. Okay, so this is this now. I'm going to play clip two now. This is halftime. Now halftime is nil nil. So it's not like we're getting thumped. Or is it one nil at halftime? No, it was nil nil. It was nil nil. Yeah, yeah. They scored just after. Yeah. See how quickly I try and forget these things. Um. So yeah. So it's nil nil halftime, and and this is you guys at halftime. So it's halftime. Uh, what are your thoughts, Dan? Not, not, not much right home about, to be honest, that first half. Uh, lack of creativity, lack, lack of bodies getting forward. We need some uh, some change. Uh, we haven't really seen much, have we? We're a bit guided as well because we're behind the goal that Tottenham were attacking in the first half, so we've missed our opportunity to be to see Sonny knee slide in front of us, you know. But hopefully, from the distance, we'll see us score a couple of goals in the second half. Who do you want to see in the second half? What, any what substitutes coming yeah, on? Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, what, do you say Parrot was on the bench? Yeah. Why don't we bring him on? Yeah. You know, bring on another attacker. Give they, him a chance, yeah. Yeah, they, they've got... I mean, as, as per, per usual with championship sides, their centre-backs look like, you know, about seven foot compared to most of our players, you know. So I think we're going we're gonna to need that skill, aren't we? You know, to kind of break them down and maybe have another striker on the pitch. I don't know. Someone to play off, son. Someone yeah. to get involved, like, actually, like, get on the ball a bit because... Really, it's been a lack of options up front. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, we've got another half. Let's hope at full time we're, we're a bit happier. Right? Yeah. Come on, you Spurs. Okay, so the, the optimism or the pre-match kind of... Uh, the, the pre-match bounce, as I'd call it, the kind of joy is gone. 
<laughs> you you've had forty five minutes of watching. Um, how 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 would you sum up your feelings? Oh, it was just awful. It really was truly awful. It, it's just the. F- I know when you. I think I might have even mentioned it. I don't know if that one before well, the last one. But you know mm. when you watch a game uh, on television, yeah. you get a certain feel for it. But when you're at the game and you're watching <laughs> them and you're there watching these people oh, right yeah. in front of you, and it's like there's just such a lack of energy amongst them. Yeah. You know, there, there's no move. And and I think. Funny enough, I was reading an interview uh, today that reminded me of, of the game uh, with Ryan Sessegnon. Yeah, yeah. And um, he's come out and said that uh, Mourinho has told him to be more aggressive and take more yeah. risks. And I felt I felt like the way to Sessegnon is at the moment kind of sums up the club, uh, sums up the squad, uh, sums up the team, the way we're playing. Yeah. Where you, you're you're seeing the pockets, you're seeing like where, if the movement can be make, made, made, we'd break these team down, we'd scare the life out of them. But it almost looks like they're just frightened to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of that fear of if it goes wrong, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get the the, the, the moans and groans. And I'd, I'd prefer it if they they made the runs and are slightly offside or you know just yeah. kind of take the risks. It just looks too, we look too timid at the moment. We look we look too frightened the, to make mistakes. The whole the whole atmosphere around the club is one of being afraid of making a mistake, being mm. afraid of. Just and this is really left field, but I want your opinion on this before we move on to clip three, which I've titled "Poor Buggers." Um, <laughs> the really, really random. Okay, this is a really off the wall thought. Do you think that the fear of making a mistake, the kind of "Oh no, I can't do that," you know, I just got to play it safe, could be related to the Amazon documentary, where everything they're doing from training to arriving to doing it is under a microscope. And so they have that constant feeling of being watched mm. to the point that they've gone out on the pitch and it's like this, oh, no, 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 I'd rather pass it back than lose the ball. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather do this. Oh, no, I'll, I'll wait here. You know, I'm not going to run in behind what if I'm caught offside. I don't want to be getting shouted at in training in front of the Amazon people tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you've you've seen the, the documentary on Netflix, The Sunderland. I have, yeah. yeah. yeah I've seen that. I've seen the Man City Amazon oh, one as well. I haven't watched the Man City one. I've got to admit, but I have watched the Sunderland one. I know there's that was one. Like a... There's one moment in it where Carl Walker is going to Carl Walker, and whereas I personally think he should have had a new asshole ripped out of him, Pep's quite nice to him. Was, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> I was really quite disappointed. Oh, well, nice, nicer than I would have been anyway. I'd yeah, have, yeah, full on. <laughs> you cost us fifty million quid, you jackass. But yeah. Um, no, but yeah. I was going to say it's weird. It, uh, to me, it's just a really strange thing watching us right now. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say because with the Sunderland one, um, you, as you watch it, because I, I don't know if you've seen this, but you get mm. clips uh, on Facebook. I presume it's if I can remember right from the from the official Tottenham page, yeah. and they show like goals from all these different angles. Yeah, and yeah. like you're seeing them from on the ground and stuff. And I remember from watching the Sunderland documentary that you know you didn't watch many of the games. As we as you watch normally, you know yeah. you kind of watch them on the ground, and it feels almost like you're there, like you're yeah, on the coaching yeah. staff and stuff. So from that point of view, you, I can I, you may have a point because the players, if if they make a mistake, you can imagine then the camera zooming on them yeah. with, with their heads yeah. heads down, and they're the focal point. And they and, and I appreciate that they're used to being on television and they're used to yeah. fame and stuff. But this is a this is a a documentary that's kind of focusing on on the squad with, and focusing on, in, on with individuals constant, with constant interviews as well. Yeah. So they've got access to them. You know, they do training on certainly to play Saturday. They do training on the Monday. You can just imagine the feeling of like finishing training and like, all oh, right. So in the game Saturday, you made fifteen errors. How do you feel about that? Yeah. Yeah. What? Well, you know, I, I mean, I don't get me wrong, mate. I don't know. I don't know how that's going. It just, it just feels like there's something, and I can't put my finger on it. Because last year we looked fatigued and really run down, and I think everybody looked at it and went, "Well, the World Cup, everything, you know, it just, you could see that we just completely ran out of steam. Mm. We needed reinforcements. We didn't get it. We all just knew it, and we kind of limped over the line, but made the Champions League final somehow, yeah. and it was it made it okay. This season, there's there's no reason at all for any kind of fatigue. There's no reason at all. If anything, they're now got an easier training routine as well. But 
there's just something wrong, like something systemic, like half the squad aren't talking to the other half or something. It's Who knows? Weird. It's so weird. Really like, weird. Dan, uh, me and Dan talk, spoke about it at the game. It's like, mm. they're just, they're, what is it? What, why? Yeah. Why? Are we, what, how have we become? Like, because you, you spoke, you said earlier, didn't you? You know, like three yeah. years ago, that club. It, what, what's changed? <laughs> yeah, why, why, have we, why have we gone back? Now, now I do want to play clip three because... Like I said, this to me is like Tottenham fans in a bowl. The pure optimism of one, the I I say almost like the kind of pleading with the football gods in two of please let the second half be better. We came all this way. I can't believe I'm freezing cold in this damn stadium <laughs> for this. Stood next to a statue of someone I don't know who he is. <laughs> um, right, yeah. so so here is clip three. All right, so the game's just finished. Uh, just leaving the ground now. One all. Not the result we wanted, but probably a fair result, then, wasn't it, after, after that game, that performance? Mate, it was such, such a drab game. There was, there was lack, lack of anything, really, from both teams. The way they were conceded was awful. I think uh, the substitutes, Lo Celso came on, did really well, I thought. Created the, basically the move for the goal. 1-1's probably about fair, but I don't think anybody wants a rematch. Yeah, I mean, to be fair... It's another game I'm happy to get at the new stadium, but I would rather have come away with a win. But we just, it's something weird is going on with us. I mean, it's been going on for a while now, isn't it? But we just seem so flat, so lack, lacking in, like, in energy and desire. And it's so, knowing that we, have, we can play like that, and when you see like teams like Liverpool, you know, who just come out of the traps every time, why can't we do that? Where is that? Where is the energy? You know, the there's desire. No intensity there. No. no intensity. There's no creativity. We need to. We need to sell some players and buy some. I, I think it's time. Time to uh, get rid of the deadwood. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we didn't lose, and that's 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 the. Uh, that's what I'm trying to take out of it. <laughs> anyway, on that note, we'll say goodbye and uh, on to the next one. Now, I think you do very well here. Okay, I, I think in clip three, you have epitomised what it is to have been a 90s Tottenham fan, <laughs> which is, well, that was crap. Next week could be better because <laughs> that was how we had to live, ladies exactly. and gentlemen, because if we didn't, we would have been jumping off of <laughs> where the cockerel was at the lane <laughs> because, wow, it was dire. We didn't play well. Every week is dire. It's crap. And you were like, ah, but don't worry, you know, next yeah. week. We'll, we'll have next game, it'll be alright. Got Liverpool um, next. <laughs> but poor Dan. Oh, you can hear it in his voice. The, the, the sheer horror of everything is set in that he is he has gone and he has witnessed it firsthand. He has attended a game. He felt we were gonna win. We were against lower league opposition and he has witnessed the horror firsthand and oh, you can hear my. it in his poor young voice. <laughs> See this is this is why I feel sorry for him as well because he lives I think he lives fairly close. A lot of by the sounds of things a lot of fan a lot of people live where he lives. Oh sport, yeah. Sport Man United. Yeah. Now it sounds like he had the opportunity at some point to sport Man United. Yeah. And you just think, oh mate, you, you, he, I think he's, he said his dad, he supports Spurs because his dad supports yeah. Spurs. And yeah. his dad was, um, a, a, like his generation was when, you know, we won the double, like the 60s. Yep. So so his dad got to see, a, you yeah, know, the good, the, the real good swing. Yeah. <laughs> but but I just, that's what, that's how I feel sorry because I mean, I, I, listen, I live, I live fairly close to London and we get fans of all, 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 all kind of clubs here. Mainly you get Arsenal, Chelsea, Spurs, obviously being London, but as per everywhere, you get a lot of Man United fans and that. But where he is, he probably yeah. could have got away with being a Man United fan without being accused of being a glory hunter, you know? So, oh, he, he could have gone, yeah, yeah, so, a whole host of teams. I know, and, he, and he's, he lives up north and he supports Spurs, and, and honestly, it, it, I feel the pain. I really yeah. feel the pain for him. Yeah, <laughs> attending, you can really hear it in his voice. I mean, that's, <laughs> that, that's not just kind of... You know, oh, what a, what a poor game. That is utter despondency. <laughs> that, that is abject failure and hurt. Um, but yeah, welcome back to the 90s. Um, oh. We've gone to 2020 and it feels like 1990 to me. It is, oh, it's so rubbish. It is painful. It is hurtful. And the worst thing, I think, right now, and it is the absolute worst thing, is I still, for whatever reason, have that sh- stupid blind optimism thing that I know 
all the way up until kickoff against Liverpool, I'm going to be like, if we don't lose 5 0, it's going to be okay. If yeah, we don't, yeah. you know, no matter what. And then just as it kicks off, I'm going to be like, we're going to have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this you stupid do, you? thing yeah, yeah. is going to kick in where I'm going to be like, we got this. Mm. We got this. Look at that team we've put out. Oh, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna give them a right. And Liverpool ain't going to see this coming. Oh, right. 3 0. Half time. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the hell's going on, though. Um, we are still in the FA Cup though, so no, the FA Cup means a lot to me. I think it's an age thing because younger generations don't give a crap about it really. Mm. But to me, uh, winning the FA Cup is a parallel to some other competitions. Everyone else would call me mad for putting level. It's just it means the world to me. So I, I am very happy we're still in it. Um, it's a home replay which takes place on Tuesday the fourteenth for the day before my birthday. In fact. Okay. Um, so I'm hoping, hoping and everything crossed that we're going to get a result. Um, if we do get a result, however, we've drawn in the fourth round and a way tie again, unsurprisingly, and we're traveling to Southampton, who of, who of course we recently traveled to mm-hmm. and, um, Lost. we, we helped them, you know, get over their whole not keeping a clean sheet forever. Um, hardly ever winning a home game ever. We, and you know, losing we, 9-0 to Leicester. We helped get over yeah, that, didn't we? We, we yeah. really helped them out. I mean, I think because we really helped them out in the league, they should just field their youth team and probably still beat us on penalties. <laughs> but yeah, that's depressing. Um, no, g- genuinely, I have no idea anymore. I can't look at a game and go, yeah, we got that. I mean, we could have drawn... Um, Ackerton Stanley third eleven under twelves, and I'd still think it's gonna yeah. be a tough game. They it's got some good kids coming through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got a couple of quick ones that team. So yeah, I, I don't know what's going on anymore. But yeah, so if we somehow do manage to get past Middlesbrough, which is no easy task, no despite, guarantee. Despite the the league of difference between us, uh, we then travel to Southampton away, which. Two, three years ago, I'd have looked at that draw one. Yes, please. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. We can do that. Um, right now, um, I'm looking at that thinking, oh, that's a shame. Really We're out in the fourth this. round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a shame. But, I mean, at least we can focus on the league. Yeah, of course. Um, but, yeah, so that's, so that's the FA Cup. Now, um, one of the things or main things I want to talk about on the, on the podcast this week is we are in silly season of transfers. Um we are in January window. The window closes the last day of January at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, mate, it is not... You know, Stevie Wonder can see that we need to sign players. Yeah, completely. <laughs> so, what in the f- fajita do you think is going on in the mind of our glorious chairman and, and the, the owners? Because they are still sticking to this party line that they don't see any incomings in this month. Now, don't get me wrong, the rumour mill's going wild. There's a lot of very well-placed journalists who have reported um, a number of things which I think are credible um, because they're coming from people that we know are very reliable. But it would appear that for anybody to come in, there needs to be outgoings. Yeah. What the hell's happened? Oh mate, I don't know. I was. I, I'm, have we been linked to that Damiel yet? The uh, Brazilian Le- Leandro Damiel. Yeah. Uh, When's that link no, coming? Um, no, but I'll start that today. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll get that going on Twitter. Um, <laughs> okay. Hashtag I... hashtag you know free Damio for Tottenham. <laughs> Can I just say something? It's just it's yeah. just reminding me of something completely uh, not relevant to transfers. But I just want to mention it on the podcast. Yeah. You are a legend, mate, and I and I forgot to mention this before. Oh, okay. But your April Fool's joke, right? Oh, I know. Right. It, I have. It's died down a little bit now, but I was getting it sent to me by about. I'd not, without exaggeration, about 15 people sent it to me on my WhatsApp. No. Going through Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter timeline, I was getting it every, everyone was sharing yeah. it on Facebook. And every time I saw it, I'm like, this is my, my mate Sam who yeah, started this off. This. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> I can't I, believe how big that got. I cannot get over, yeah, I mean, for anybody listening who doesn't know this, but last April, on April Fool's Day, I I did a post on our Facebook page, and I used a picture of Robert Kraft, who's the owner of the NFL side, New England Patriots, um, and I wrote, um, 
an article basically and I, and I wrote it myself word for it I never copied and pasted it from anywhere this is pure fiction written by me and I wrote it to obviously make it look as real as I possibly could because the idea was in April 4 you get people hooked reading and then they get to the last line where it said haha fake news April Fool mm. and what happened which is just still to this day blowing my mind is that somebody screenshotted it, removed the last line, where it's called an April Fool, and shared it as fact on a in-the-know Tottenham forum. And within, what, what do you reckon, a couple of hours? Yeah. It was, like, viral. Yeah, um, everywhere. To the point that there have now been press articles, like, from <laughs> actual news organisations, no calling it out as... No, this is fake. This is this was circulated in April 2019. It was an April Fool's joke. I I even emailed one reporter who wrote about it. Look, I I saw your article on this. It was me. I wrote it. (laughs) I reply on a regular basis to people sharing it. I know this is crap. This was my favorite thing on Twitter. Arguing with someone over it, and I'm like, mate, I wrote it. Look, here's here's the original draft of it. And he's going, no, 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 this, this, this has come from a top in the know. I'm like, no, it really hasn't. I wrote the damn thing. <laughs> you know, I know it word for word. You want to know why? I wrote it. <laughs> um, I, I had to go back and find the post. And by the way, scrolling back through posts on Facebook is a time consuming thing. Yep. But I went all the way back to April so I could actually take a screenshot of the original version with the April Fool's Day not cropped out. Yeah. Showing the date and everything. And that was the only way this guy would believe me. It's insane. It's ridiculous. It's like I'm I'm arguing with someone that a story... And what makes it worse is the story had a date on it. Yeah. And it said in the text that, oh, something will be announced next week because the Kraft family are meeting with Daniel Levy, etc. So even though it says that, and even though it's dated in April 2019, people are still sharing it now, Yeah, going, oh, look, look what's happening. Yeah. Like, really? But it, uh, it's like, like outrage on like Twitter, like this is ridiculous. And I'm like, I know who wrote this. I know yeah. who wrote this, and yeah. it's not real. Yeah, <laughs> I, well, that was the other thing, is people getting really aggravated about it. Like, oh... <laughs> Who, what asshole made this up? I'm like, it's an April Fool's joke. Oh, no, chill out, it's dude. Not, yeah, it's not, not like I wrote this and shared it like, ha-ha, <laughs> I fooled everybody. The asshole who cropped the April Fool's bit off and shared yeah. it, that's the asshole. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah but, oh, dear. Yeah, so, so yeah, if you ever do see that, um, it's about the owner of the... Uh, New England Patriots buying Tottenham Hotspur. It's completely made up, and I know it's completely made up because I made it up. <laughs> um, I do love. I mean, I do love the idea that one day it happens because then all of a sudden I could be like Nostra Samus. Yeah, of course you could. Yeah. <clears throat> I just like stand there, like told you, told you. Look at this, <laughs> April first, twenty nineteen. I said it. Come just on, go people. back on the timeline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I'll delete the April Fool's bit. <laughs> no. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, so, so back anyway, to it. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have owners with ambition. Um, yeah. <laughs> on field yeah. ambition, anyway. We have owners who are quite content to do nothing, it seems. And I don't know about you, mate. I've never been Levy out. I've never been Levy in. I've always judged everything on individual merits. But over the last uh, few windows, and the last couple of years, you know, we're into the stadium and I cannot applaud that man enough for the work that's been done to take the club from where it was to where it is now off the field. Mm. Commercially, the stadium, the training facilities, the transformation, you know, think about when we were like kids going to the lane to what it's like now. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that as a transformation is phenomenal, of course. you know? I cannot compliment them enough for that. But I do think I've reached the end of my kind of tether when it comes to what they're doing with on-field things. Because, like I said earlier on, and Stevie Wonder can see we need to sign players. Well, unfortunately, Stevie Wonder was saying that four windows ago. Um, you know, a tweet I really enjoyed this week was, how do you solve Tottenham's problems? And it was, number one, sign a, sign a destructive defensive midfielder to replace Wanyama and Dyer. Mm-hmm. Number two, sign a right back who can defend and provides dynamism going forward. Number three, work out time travel, go back four windows and do it then. 
yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and you're kind of like, yeah, I cannot argue with that at all. Oh, oh, before I forget, the funniest transfer story I've heard. I put this on our page yesterday, so you'll know this. The funniest, and don't get me wrong, I, every day I'll try and find the funniest one. And I post it to our little Spurs chat because I crack up reading them all. But my favourite one at the moment is that clubs aren't signing Victor Wanyama because of a rumour he's in his mid-40s. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, if you not did you not read this? I put no. this yesterday. Yeah. Um so basically there's been this rumor going around it the club have discovered that he's lied about his age and he's actually 44, 45, 45. years old and that's why he's completely broken down. He and, doesn't even look that old to be and, fair, and does he? And we can and we can't sell him because their their people are like no 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 we want to see evidence of of his age, you know. So we, we want uh yeah, birth certificates with passports, etc, etc. This has been cracking me up for. I mean, because if it was true, it would just be the funniest thing in the history of the world. That would mean the guy was an absolute destroyer in the Premier League at forty. Yeah, exactly. Which which on its own would just be amazing. Um, But yeah, that is without a doubt the funniest thing I've read in a while, and people are sharing it again, deadly serious. So, so yeah, that 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 really cracked me up. Um, Do you know what I was going to say? I was going to say, Sam. Sorry to interrupt you, mate. Um, You know, you were talking about. Get a dynamic right back. Yeah. Did, did yeah. you did you see did you see on yesterday on our on our uh, Facebook page? Yeah. Uh, they were, we we uh, I know you posted about the uh, Aurier winning the uh, award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so, yeah. Uh, so I, he, I posted that and just sat back and waited. Here we go. <laughs> so they, so for anyone that's not aware, Aurier uh, was it the year the African team he of was, the year? Yeah. So 2019 African Nations Afcon, I think it's called. Um, they name like like Europe does, UEFA, etc. They name their team of the year. So their first, their eleven of what they consider to be the best eleven players in their positions in in the African nations, and the named at right back was Serge Aurier. <laughs> so obviously, like you said, you sat back and just watched the comments, <laughs> and and, it, and one one chap has put on there, oh, this is meant to be a Spurs page. We're meant to be congratulating him, and okay. and I just, I just put on there, look, you know, it doesn't make you less of a Spurs fan if if, if you just. Saying that he's crap, yeah. right? You know, it, it, you, you can be a Spurs fan and say, "How the hell was one of our players won won that kind of award?" It, it, I, un- yeah. I understand his point of view that you know you need to get behind the, the, the team, get behind the score, congratulate and everything. But yeah, at the same time, like yeah. you are entitled to go, "What the actual? Like, how did he get there?" And then I, I, I put that comment on, and then from then on, I was getting people saying, "Why do you hate him? Why do you hate him so much?" Yeah. I don't yeah. hate the guy. I just oh. think he's. I was, I was about to say, out of me and you, I hate the guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's homophobic. Yeah. He's, he's a gooner he's, as well. He's a gooner. Yeah. I, I have never liked him. Now, now, here's the thing, and I think you you are possibly even more this way than I am, okay. which is, I don't like him at all as a person. I don't rate him as a football player, but the minute he walks out wearing a Tottenham shirt on that pitch, I am 100% behind him. Oh, of course. I, I am supporting yeah. him. And, yeah. like, to the point that me and you have had this discussion before about booing the team and stuff like that when you're there. Like, you you don't. You're like, mm. no, I don't care if we're 10-0 down at halftime. Yep. How is that going to help? Me, I, I'd give him a bit of a boo. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> hey, oh, you guys, you're playing shite. Yeah, you, yeah. you you are even more delicate, and I love that. And yeah. and But I'm deadly serious. Like, the minute he walks out on that pitch wearing a Tottenham shirt... He is our player. He's our guy. Someone, you know, someone was the start on him. I'd be ready to pile in, you know? Yeah, sure, sure. I, I am, he is 100% our guy. Yes, there are times I will roll my eyes, but you know what? I do that of Harry Kane, and I love that man. Like, he's a member of my family. Yeah, <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. So, you know, you miss a chance, and we'll go, ah, Harry, what are you doing? Sir Jorie does a Sir Jorie, and we're going to go, Serge, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, you know, what do you yeah. expect? He's Sir yeah. Jorie. Exactly. Now, you know, Sissoko, that guy, jeez. You know, Sissoko, he's through on goal. <laughs> oh, there we go. Someone in the crowd just got a headache. Just got taken out. But yeah, you know, he scored two goals and I had that belief he'd score again. I don't know why I thought that was ever going to happen. But oh, I don't know if he's going to play again this season, is he? <laughs> it doesn't look like it, no. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it, so this brings us back to this kind of transfers thing. And we we desperately need to, to make some signings. Now, there is, uh, there is, I'd say, credible to the point that I'd say nailed on source that Carl Walker-Peters is ready to go out on loan. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and he's ready to go out on loan to Crystal Palace. Um, About Crystal time. Palace have been trying desperately to get a right back for a while. Um, I'd very much love him to get games in the Premier League. Um, so, I... Like I said, I am dead keen for that to happen. I really hope it is just alone and not uh, actually selling him. I know lots of people are ready to write the kid off. I'm not there yet. Possibly just because I'm dedicated to a lot of the kids who come through the academy. I'll, I'll take that on the chin as a criticism. But if we are about to let him go, and that would leave literally Serge Aurier as the only recognised right back at the club, surely... That means we have a right back lined up. Surely. <laughs> Don't call me Surely. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100% that must mean that. Absolutely. And, and I'm I'm kind of like, so if we are going to let Carl Walker-Peters go out on loan, possibly with an option buyer, or perhaps we're looking to sell him, and we've agreed that, and that's why these well-placed sources are saying, yeah, that's happening... Perhaps we've done that because we are talking to a club or we're getting close. Now, the rumour that just won't go away, the kind of the big one, is we are in talks with Norwich over the Max Aarons. That's right, yep, yep. Who, to me, is everything you'd want in a right-back for us. Mm-hmm. He's dynamic, the young lad seems to be very composed defending, and he gets up and down, you know, energy levels, everything you'd want. And the sort of figure being thrown around, though, is where I go, it's not going to happen. Because Norwich are wanting close to £30 for him. Now, if that's true, and Norwich do want £30 for this kid, he genuinely, if you look at the market, he's classed as homegrown, so he ticks that box. He has got all of the assets and everything that Juan Basaka had in his transfer from Palace to, to Man United, just not got the same number of appearances in the Premier League and Wambasaka went for 50 million mm, mm. you've got to look at it and go in this market 30 million for a young player who could possibly be a right back for a decade is not expensive no you're right that's not big money anymore you know no. 30 which is I know this sounds ridiculous but 30 million is like the new 12 to 15 bracket mm-hmm. you know where we were signing Unkudu and Najai you know for the 12 to 15 million as go on and give it a go the, the market is as it is that between 20 and 30 million is now that bracket so if they do want that for him then we should be moving heaven and earth to put together a deal to do that. Because if we can, like I've just said, then that's signing a kid who has the potential to be our right back for, for 10 years or more. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's an absolute no-brainer. Now, we've been monitoring a couple of right backs in the championship. There's a lad at um, West Brom who we've been monitoring a lot, and he's out of contract in the summer. Um, now, if he waits until the summer, he can negotiate with English clubs. There would still be compensation due if we signed him. Um, or we could make a low ball offer now on the basis, you know, they might want the money to try and replace him, etc. But do you want to sign a right back from the championship and put him into a Champions League team and say, here you go, kid, <laughs> you know, this is one out of a promotion because the fans are going to be on him from day one, if you know what I mean. It's going to be kind of like we've plucked you out of the championship, you know, we plucked Delhi out of League One, so we're expecting you to be the best right back in the world. Get on with it. <laughs> you know, mm. he's like 19. Mm. Yeah. I think everybody's seen the lad at Norwich, and I mean, I, I watched him in our game against Norwich, and I was impressed with him, because he, he, you know, don't get me wrong, he ain't perfect, and there were times that we got in behind him and stuff like that, but at 18, 19 years old, you expect that. Yeah, you expect course. them to still be learning. But he's got that athleticism. Like like with Carl Walker. How many times did Carl Walker make a mistake and then his pace got him out of it? Countless times. Uh, To the point that you'd lose count in a game sometimes. Mm, mm. You know, you, you kind of accept that because it's like, well, going forward, if they can get up and down the flank, then it's just going to give us that dynamism back again. Yeah, of course. So if that rumor is true and Norwich are willing to do a deal with that money... We gotta do it, but absolutely. I don't know about you. I just cannot see us in a million years doing that. 
because of the figures involved. Which to me, the market has moved on, and those figures are where the market is for this type of player. But I could just, you know, Daniel Levy offering him ten million plus a Jermaine Genus bobblehead doll. You know, it just yeah, it's it's the problem, isn't it? Uh, with Levy, and I said this lots of times before. It can get us some amazing deals, but it can also really bugger us up. And one I can think of recently was when we was trying to buy um, Grealish. Oh, mate, y- you know? Yeah, that's heartbreaking now. Yeah. You watch how brilliantly he's performing. And mm. we we wanted him to push Ericsson, mm. which means he was going to be put into that 10 role, that creative role. And you watch him pull the strings at Villa, both in terms of taking the ball forward, beating people, and being creative. And you imagine what that would have been like at Spurs. Yeah. You know the whole Ericsson thing when he were like last summer or summer ago started umming and amming over his contract. If you had a player there in Grealish, he was going to be pushing him, kicking him on. The club would have gone all right. Someone's offered hundred million for you on your bike. That's the thing, and that's that's why you look at it, Sam, because it looks now like we're not going to get a single penny for Ericsson. No. Right. Yeah. So, what 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 was the difference in how much we was haggling uh, for Grealish? Was it like yeah. five million, wasn't it? Oh, mate, it's it's worse than that because we could have done a deal for twenty million for him early in the window because they had real financial problems. They they are. They were in breach of FFP rules because of the wages they were paying to try and get promoted, and then they didn't. You know, they had John Terry on their books and stuff like that to play at the time. Um, and so they said, look, 20 million, you can have him. We offered 12. God's sake. The following week, whilst they were like, no, we can't take 12, we want 20 million for him, the player was ready to sign, the player's mm-hmm. ready to go, his agent's done the deal, everyone's ready, they just need us to meet the asking price. The following week, they get investment. New people come into the club. They put investment in the club, and they turn around to Tottenham and said, "Now it's forty million now." Yeah, and what's he worth now? I mean, yeah. he's, he's, a, he's becoming an established Premier League player now, isn't he? So well, the last day of the window, we went back in at twenty-five million for him. So if yeah. we were willing to go to twenty-five for him early in the window, this is the thing: early in the window, twenty million, he would have been ours. He'd have had the pre-season. It would have been. It's just like these things are where we are failing miserably, and it is, and it's not a new thing. It's something that is just getting worse the more you accumulate windows. Mm. Like every window that passes, there's another one or two players. In the last window, it's Paolo Diablo from, and I'm probably saying his name terribly wrong. Sorry, Juventus uh, guy. Yeah, you know, what I mean, Argentinian. Yeah. What a difference maker he's been for Juventus this season. Mm. He he's a phenomenal player, a talent, a match winner, who, to be quite honest with you, would have replaced Lucas in our in our team. We had offers for Lucas on the table for like about 30 million from different clubs, Italy, all around Europe, one in Spain. And Mauricio Pochettino was willing to let him go to bring this lad in. And we were haggling over his image rights. And again, into the last day of the window, we were finally willing to pay what they asked for. But by that point, Juventus said, "No, we ain't got. You know, this just not going to happen." This, this is this is look, and again, this is something. This is something again that I'm repeating. So apologies that I'm saying the same thing. Yeah. But the problem with Levy is he doesn't. His business acumen doesn't suit football. No, it just doesn't. It's like he's, he's clearly a very successful guy, which is what how he's got to where he's got to. Because obviously he's he's the head of the company that owns. Not the you know it's not like Anna Sugar. But I think it's actually the fact that it it was successful for a few windows, which is what has cocked us up now. You know the the kind of brinkmanship, waiting for the last minute. He did yield. Good results for a few windows. Yeah, Van, Van der Vaart. I mean, that's the yeah, the, yeah, that's stuff like that. Yeah, it yeah. did yield him results, but then every other chairman in Europe, let alone England, went, "Well, we're not playing that game anymore." No, no, we know what you're going to do. We know that you're going to lowball us until the last day of the window, and then you're going to come along. And also, agents know, so agents will go, "I'll oh, ignore it." You know, mm. nor Tottenham because mm. they don't do anything seriously to the end of the window. Mm. Mm. You know, and then if they really want you, because that's the thing: if you're a football player and a club says we want you, you know, we want you at this club, and you're selling, and the club you're at go, yeah, we'll sell you for twenty million, and then we offer ten. Yeah, like, well, do you want me or the, not? The, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, twenty. Yeah. You know, best one in the world, guys. Twenty million for me is a bargain. Mm. <laughs> and Jack Grealish is the example of that. Homegrown. 
would have been in our team for eight to ten years. Had a, has a great personal relationship with Harry Kane and a number of uh, winks, a number of the Tottenham players that he's played with at England academy levels. He is experienced that for his age beyond belief because he was playing in the Premier League at like 17 with Villa before he got relegated. He's had his kind of ups and downs but seems to be completely focused on football now. It was a no-brainer. Mm. And and we didn't and you watch him play now but it's not alone. Uh, you know James Madison we could have signed him for 5 million quid. Look at what he's doing at Leicester. And and we we turned that down. Um, there's there's so many examples, but like I said, every window, it's got to the point where it feels like there is at least one player where we go, okay, you can add him to the nearly signed team. Yeah. And with every one, the story eventually comes out of, oh well, it would have happened if, and it is always the haggling, and it's always the brinkmanship of trying to let it go to the last minute to push the deal through. Hmm. And it cocks everything up. Um, Mauricio Pochettino constantly said, it cocks me up for training. You know, I, I want this player. Okay, well, here he is. Well, what good does that do? we got a game tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Mm. All right, great. Thanks, mate. Uh, you go train over there whilst... <laughs> because i got to focus on the team. It, it doesn't work. You know, Harry Redknapp would go out... I mean, the Harry Redknapp one, I think, is where it started to go wrong. Do you remember he had those couple of windows, like Van der Vaart, etc., and we were all kind of like, oh, Daniel Levy, he's the magician at this. Mm. And then we had that window, that one where we signed um, Saha, Nielsen, and that other kid on loan from Man United. Mm. And it was like Harry Redknapp asked for, you know, completely different you know asked for quality we were there we were fighting we were right on the verge of something and we got that yeah and lo and behold we went backwards mm. and it felt like with Mauricio Pochettino he went I need this and he got nothing mm. and we went backwards now Jose Mourinho is taking the job I think Jose looked at our squad and went yeah thank you very much this this job should be easy and he's got in there and he's realized that this squad has massively been held together by Mauricio and the, the, you know just held them together for a couple of years and it is now crumbling which Mauricio told everybody was happening but no one you know Daniel Levy didn't listen and now Jose's in there and I posted this in our thing earlier on and you just know that these stories are going to become more frequent Jose has apparently told Daniel Levy today sign a right back and a defender or you can kiss Champions League goodbye yeah and I agree with him he's not wrong No, if that story, whether it's true or not, is accurate in the sense of we will not get Champions League football. You know, not even a chance, Mm. because right now, ridiculously, right now, despite our form, we do still have a chance at it, and therefore we need to invest the money because we've we've been Champions League for four years. We've had that money for four years. We've all been told, and I've seen the budgets of it that the stadium is separate to our to our football activity so where's that money going mm. and why is it you know right now it's kind of sitting there as a kind of oh my god fund what if we don't make champions league again this year which is a very business way of doing it but it's not what you want you know it's to dare is to do not to dare is to make sure the bank balance is all right <laughs> has it got the same ring to it has it no no it's not quite the same <laughs> Yeah, Odarius uh, Banker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, so I'm I'm suffering and struggling, and I kind of I kind of need them to do something. I kind of need the club to show all of us that they do have some ambition for the pitch, and this is the window they've got to do it because if they don't, I'm I'm I've got that rot feeling, that kind of distance being created between us as the fans and the club again mm. I mean yeah. that's the thing with with me um, the probably the last I mean I know we was we didn't have was it two years ago we, or last year where we had the two windows where we didn't sign anybody but normally with me I'm kind of like you know with, with the January transfer window I'm fine with us not doing anything well, in the uh, past, uh, yeah, in the I've past, yeah, written it off pretty much. Yeah, but but I'm 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 fine with it. I mean, like, we've got a good good team. Do, what, what if we can't find anyone that can improve the squad? Then there's no point signing anybody. Yeah. But I've come to the realization now that 
you, you have to like you have to sign players, even if they're at equal quality to you've got to refresh the squad. And I, and I don't know if it's you that mentioned it to me or some somebody mentioned yeah. it to me recently with um, Ferguson. Yeah. And Ferguson would do that, you know. He yeah. would always, it always refreshes assistance, wouldn't he? So he'd always, yeah. have, you know, he'd refresh his assistance every so often, and also he'd, he'd get rid of big players like Yapstam, Beckham, yeah. like you know those kind of big players. He was happy to do that to refresh the squad. And I mean, you look at um, again. I can't remember where it was posted, but someone put a team, uh, a team, team lineup against. Possibly might be so. I can't remember who it was, but it, it was matching two thousand the two thousand and fifteen season. Yeah. Um. And I think I think there was one player different in that eleven, which I think was like Carl Walker at right back. Literally well, one player different yeah. to, to 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 who we've got now. We just haven't refreshed the squad, and it's just it's so frustrating. And 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 this this window. We, we, how many times have we said that it's so imp- this window is so important to us? It's massive. But it doesn't. But it doesn't feel. And I appreciate it's only the what the ninth. But yeah, I don't know. It just feels like nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Well, (laughs) this is it, and this is the kind of the feeling that we all have. This is this kind of resigned feeling of we know he won't spend the money that's needed. So what's the Mm. point in even dreaming about it? What's the point of even thinking about it? You got Chelsea up the road with their ban lifted, ready to spend 200 million because they're worried that when that ban gets looked at again they're going to give them another two window ban yeah, so yeah. they're going to spend while they can um i mean for god's sake arsenal have been europa league for three or four years and they've outspent us mm. so far mm. Mm. that again it just it just screams now, don't get me wrong i know for a fact because the financials are out there and anyone can look this up if Arsenal don't make the Champions League this year, they might well have a problem because mm. they have gone for it, which which is which is fine, and you've got to applaud their ambition for trying. But we wouldn't be in the trouble if we went for it. Like if we spent a hundred million on three players in this window, we, we'd be fine. Yeah, the, I agree. And, and the financial information's out there; anyone can look it up. You could literally spend that, recoup nothing not make the Champions League and the club would still be fine next mm. season financially. Yeah, we wouldn't spend as much in the summer, but that's because you're not in the Champions League. You wouldn't spend as much. But we we would be fine. And it is the worrying thing that anybody with 10 minutes in Google can look that up and yet we're not... It's just not happening. It just won't happen. And all of us are resigned to that fact. Now, if by some miracle it does happen... That I think all of us have to say, you know, finally, <laughs> the, the penny's mm. kind of dropped. Thank you, you know, <laughs> let's kick on. And maybe that injection of new blood, that injection of some enthusiasm from the fans could lift the whole squad. Because something has to. Because right now it's not. You know, yeah. right now it's not at all. But, um, mate, transfer aside, I did put a little post out on our Facebook page this morning to see if anyone had any topics or questions they'd like to hear us discuss. So before we wrap up, I think it's only fair we head there. I'm always nervous doing this when we're crap. I, I, and do you know, I, I thought you were going to say you're nervous about pronouncing the names because we always have fun with that. Don't oh, we? yeah, well, definitely that. <laughs> but I think everyone's just used to me being crap at it now. But yeah, okay, so the first comment is from... Uh, hell, uh, Kid Irish, but Kid K-I-I-D. Hello, Kid. You say, I think we will win, beating Liverpool 2-1. He's written Liverpool, not Liverpool. I think we'd smash Liverpool, to be honest with you. It's Liverpool that I think we're going to struggle Is he, Sp- is he Spanish? He's Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. But, but Kid, Kid Irish reckons we're going to beat Liverpool 2-1, I promise you all. Mm. Well, you're going to get a like from me just for being blindly optimistic. Um, Simon Whiteman says, Most people talk about Spurs needing new defenders. I think we're missing a midfield destroyer like Wanyama was before the injuries. What position do you feel we most need to strengthen? What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, well, we've. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying Sissoko is a midfield midfield destroyer, but obviously now he's going to be gone for more or less the rest of the season. Now yeah. we do we do need an engine in there, don't we? We need someone with a bit of drive because we haven't got that now. No. Now, now Sissoko's out, we we need to replace him. We really do. Even yeah. with a, lo- a loan signing, we we need a player. We, we need someone with a like you say with maybe the the old Wanyama drive or you know yeah. with a Sissoko engine that kind of driving force in the midfield because. As, as much as I like the likes of Winks, you know, and Dyer, they're not them kind of players, are they, you know? 
Well, unfortunately, Dyer, um, I think through the level of illness the guys had, just doesn't seem to be able to get back and stay fit. Mm. Um, and when I say fit, I don't necessarily mean going down with injuries, but I mean he just he doesn't seem to have stamina, the same stamina anymore. He's certainly not as mobile as he was. Mm. Um, whether that will come back with time, I, I don't know. But right now, it's not there. And unfortunately, in that position, it's needed. Um, Juan Yama, we know, just his knees have gone. Uh, you know, he's 40, in his 40s, 40, 45, 46 <laughs> years old, that'll happen. Um, but... Uh, it is a Wanyama-esque player that I'm calling out for above everything. Um, I, I'd put up a Sturgeorier for the rest of the season if we put a defensive midfielder in there because I genuinely believe you put a proper defensive midfielder in there, our defensive issues will get... Will so, our defenders will suddenly start getting praised again. <laughs> you know, our, it is no coincidence that Toby and Yan were the best defenders in the league when Wanyama was in front of them at his yeah. best. Yeah. and Dyer was in front of him at his best. Mm-hmm. That, mm-hmm. That's not a coincidence, people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you want a player like Undombele in there to have a guy next to him who's going to sit and hold. Mm-hmm. The sort of guy who gets a nosebleed if he goes over the halfway line. You know, <laughs> like, oh, no, what's this? So I don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a guy there who's going to cover the fullbacks, who's going to destroy, break up play, and give the ball to Undombele, who's going to take it forward. And that's what we want. That's what we need. <laughs> I was, uh, I think I mentioned this to you, didn't I? Uh, now that the training regime's not as uh, strenuous as it was under Pochettino, <laughs> let's did. get Dembele back. Yeah, let's have him so. back. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, bring him back. Please, he ain't, he ain't, uh, he ain't a destroyer though. He ain't that guy. But I, uh, I, oh yeah, I love Dembele. Oh, well, mm. maybe, maybe not though. Maybe don't tarnish the memory because <laughs> just before he left, he was not good. No. Uh, Michael Joseph says, "How do you think we'll fare against Liverpool Saturday?" I'm feeling a draw. I think Michael's smoking crack. No, yeah, I'm I mean, what is, what is it with all this positivity? Yeah, like, you know, it just M- does Michael, do. love your positivity. Um, <laughs> I'm feeling a four, possibly five nil defeat, personally. Oh, God, um, yeah. If we're lucky. And that and that's me being positive. Uh, yeah. Stefan Cruz Alvarez, also known as Step In Super Sub Stefan, says, "Let's start the year off positive." Oh, I've screwed that, mate. Sorry. <laughs> uh, who do you think we need to loan out for the rest of the season to give a good starting block for next season? So basically, any any you for fringe players that you think should go out on loan now? Do you know what I was going to say as well? I did get a chance earlier, but you mm. know you've said about Carl Walker Peters uh, yeah. going out on loan to Crystal Palace. Yeah. Now. This is me just being clutching at any straw of hope. But do you think it may be a sweetener for a certain Zaha coming the other way? The only thing I'm going to say about that, because I died on the we should sign Zaha Hale a couple of years ago. (laughs) I died. It was terrible. Um, And I gave up, right? I gave up on this dream. This, This was my dream signing for Tottenham. I felt if we'd made the signing of him the year Leicester won the league, we'd have won the league, right? Mm. That, that's I stand by that statement, and I'm still gutted we never signed him. Anyway, so I've given up. I'm, I can't know. Every time we're linked with him, I'm like, it won't happen. We won't spend that money. Then this week, <laughs> he appoints a brand new agent. Yep. Who just so happens to be Jose Mourinho's agent? Oh my God! Please. Who please. who brought Jose to Tottenham? Um, is friends with Daniel Levy, and the story is that this agent's been brought in to get the deal over the line, bringing him to thing. Now I laughed at this, right? I laughed at this whole notion. I thought that someone's seen who his new agent is. One plus one. I'm going to write a transfer story. There you go. Mm. Then I read from the same source the next day that a deal's being looked at because Crystal Palace want to sign a right back and another Tottenham player where those two players will get loaned with options to the end of the season uh, with no loan fees, etc., which will be part of the deal for Zaha to come to Tottenham. I'm like, whatever. These deals never happen. You know, the the big player swaps, you know, like, oh, we'll have two of yours. You have one of our, no, that's yeah. nonsense. That's that's playing FIFA. That's playing football manager. Done work. Real life. Done work like that. Shut up. This guy's full of it. Then probably an hour after reading that story, someone who I know and trust messages me, Carl Walker-Peters going to Palace on loan. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I believe. The stars are aligning. I so. believe. I now believe again. <laughs> so unfortunately, what a story I felt was dead, and a situation I thought I was over, I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah, clearly, we, we yeah. should sign him, and I believe again. And yes, it's going to happen. <laughs> uh, never, never in a million years. Love it too, but won't. I, I can't. Oh, I can't keep doing. Don't it go there. Don't go there. Um, but yeah. Uh, I love love uh, to loan somebody out. Um, I'd like Skip to go out on loan to a championship side where he's going to get 20-odd games uh, for the rest of the season. Good um, idea. I would very much love it if he could do that. I don't think he will because of injuries and the fact we're not going to sign anybody. So I think he's going to be kept in the first-team squad. I see um, uh, Jack Rolls has been at his contract. He's a uh, long extension yes, at the end of the season, isn't he? Yes, yeah. Jack Rolls, he scores goals. Um, he's got six so far for them, hasn't he? So he has. Yeah. Now, I was gutted because I put money on him getting ten by Christmas. Oh, man. But, yeah, six. Six ain't bad. No, for his first ever year in senior football. And they love him yeah. down there. He's having yeah. a great time. Yeah. Um, okay, so the last comment is from Alan Sexton, who says, I had a dream last night that we swapped Ericsson for Bale, and he started against Liverpool Saturday. Oh, and Harry Redknapp was a guest at the Spurs. <laughs> I love thanks, it. Thanks, Alan. <laughs> I, I, I don't think there's anything to say to that other than okay. <laughs> I thought I he was like, going to go with Martin Luther King on us, but it was, I had a dream. <laughs> a dream where Tottenham signed players. <laughs> it yeah, really, is, it really is a dream, people. Um, <laughs> That's the only place you're going to get it, mate. Yeah, in a dream. Yeah. I, I, I have to load Football Manager and go in and sign someone around again, just like oh. <laughs> That's that's, that's that like. feeling. Just so I can screenshot the headline. Tottenham pulled off an audacious signing. I'm like, yes, they have. Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, I needed that. I needed that fix. Um, yeah, so there we go. So that's all the comments. Thank you, everybody. Um, this is the first show of 2020. Uh, there will be more, much, much more every week from one of us or two of us or many of us. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but we'll be back next week um, after the Liverpool game and the Middlesbrough FA Cup replay. Um, so what do you reckon? <laughs> will we oh. still be in the cup? Will we have got past Liverpool? Will we have perhaps stopped Liverpool's unbeaten season? No, I just <laughs> I look. I just honestly, I genuinely try to find optimism everywhere. But it's like saying I'm going to win the lottery on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to think I'm going to, yeah, and it's too, possible, yeah. but it's just not going to happen, is it? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's just um, not going to happen. So hopefully, we have a good result against Middlesbrough, so we could just purely talk about that next week. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> getting hammered by Liverpool, then getting knocked out of the cup by a team in the league below at home. Next week's podcast could be 50-odd minutes of tears, followed by yeah. Matt going, well, maybe next week. <laughs> Wait, what's um, that Simon, Simon Garfunkel? We'll just play that, that song. You know, the, uh, oh, no, no. We'll play that in the background. And I, just... I, we'll, we'll just play the always look on the bright side of life, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> Yeah, no, dear. Intermittent sniv- snivels yeah, between the two of us. It's going to be okay, everyone. We're, gonna be okay. we're all going to get through this. We're going to get through this together as a Come team. On. Yeah. Um, mate, I will speak to you next week. Big thank you to everybody for listening. This has been the Spurs News Podcast. We'll speak to you again next week. Take care, mate. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.